wasn't confident really I wasn't massively confident but I was just kind of like just just play rugby um do do what you normally do kind of what I've been doing and you know the rest look after itself Hello and welcome to the Offfield Rugby Pod. I'm your host Brian Moylette. I'm a former Irish age grade international player now playing in Vancouver and coaching collegiate rugby. Each week I chat with somebody involved at the top end of the game to hear about their journey, get their insights and learn about how they do what they do. On Instagram I'm the Offfield Rugby Coach, that's at Offfield Rugby. Please follow me there. I share content around mental skills and performance and also clips from the pod. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review. And in the review, let me know what you like about the podcast. Would love to hear your thoughts. Lastly, please share the pod with some friends. Those different things help people find the pod and are really, really appreciated. Today I'm chatting with Robbie Henshaw, who this year was named in the Six Nations team of the tournament, won a Pro 14 title with Leinster and started all three tests for the Lions in South Africa. We chat about his journey from starting out with Connacht right after he left secondary school up to being named Irish Players Player of the Year recently. And Robbie opens up about times that he wasn't confident when playing and also times when he wasn't enjoying his rugby and talks about what helped him through these periods. He speaks about his attitude and mindset of late that helped him have such a brilliant season, and there's lots of lessons here for young players. We also chat about what he does for recovery, the importance for him in having balance in his life, and who one of his biggest mentors has been throughout his career. And this wasn't somebody that I expected, but when he talked about how that person helped him, it for sure made sense and was cool to hear. We chat about big occasions and he explains how he deals with them so as to not get overawed. What he says is brilliant and is applicable for any player at any level. There's also some chat around the Lions and who he hung out with most in the squad. He talks about his proudest moment in rugby, dealing with adversity, the number of surgeries he's had, fluctuating weight and finding what works best for him how he deals with nerves and how he has worked with a mental skills coach since he got his first cap for Ireland at 19. Lastly, Robbie talks about what it was like coming up against his boyhood idol a few years ago, who's also one of my idols, and he reminds me of a nickname that I had back in the day. So a quick mention from our sponsor, and then it's episode number 22 with Robbie Henshaw. A lot of people stress about money, Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth, and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you and manage your money so that it's working for you. And so you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no obligation Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.ie. I'm here with uh, Leinster, Ireland Lions and Buccaneers Centre, Robbie Henshaw. Robbie, how are you keeping? Good, Brian. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, good stuff. So first off, congrats. Uh, Irish Players Player of the Year recently. Congrats on that. Cheers. Thanks a million. Yeah, it's um, it's a really, really nice award. To, to win and um especially because it's kind of your peers that that vote for you so um yeah it's a, it's a special one and you know one that um a lot of great players have won down down the throughout the years so um yeah incredibly grateful and um delighted with it yeah yeah you seem to be enjoying yourself this year yeah it's been a good year um considering like what's gone on around the world i think Playing in empty stadiums and stuff like that was was a shock at the start, but kind of for me, I I just enjoyed just being able to do my job and be able to train, be able to play week in week out, and really kind of had that attitude, that positive attitude to you know wanting to keep my performances high and and just be positive with everything I was doing, and and that kind of reflected onto into how I kind of played and how my season went uh, uh, personally. Yeah, cool. And 
you say there, like being grateful to be back out, like even myself, like for COVID, we didn't do anything, but then was coaching and playing this fall. And I think it's so important to just be grateful to have the opportunity. Like, is that something that you kind of realized recently or have you done that for a few years? No, it was probably, I've always, you know, been grateful to play rugby as my, as my job, but, um, you know, I suppose that kind of hammered home the point that when, when I was able to do it, you know, when the whole world was basically uh, had come to a standstill, that really, like, I, I suppose, hammered hammered at home that, you know, we were lucky to be in the position we're in and, you know, being still being able to play rugby. And it was just that, yeah, I think the whole the whole year of, of playing in the empty stadiums kind of, you know, let made that kind of more aware to me so yeah no it was it was definitely um it was definitely helped the whole COVID thing uh, helped by reinforcing that yeah and it must be sick then getting back to the stadiums getting back uh into the RDS last week and into the Aviva yeah so such a change like I suppose my first game where there was about six uh, percent capacity I think it was uh, was was Murrayfield for the Lions uh, versus Japan warm-up game. So that was like an unbelievable game to, to yeah. go back into kind of a, a, a half-full stadium and great buzz there and stuff. So, um, and now, yeah, it's just it's just normal now. It's great to see, I suppose, the, the Viva full and the RDS pretty much full the last few weekends. Um, you know, it's really great to have, have people back in cheering us on and it makes, makes a huge difference as well for us on the pitch. You know, it gives us that bit more of energy and and you know just excitement to to be out there yeah yeah and uh you just mentioned there the lions how was how was that getting selected and heading off yeah it was um it was really good i like i, I loved the the whole lions um experience back in 2017 and you know if i'm being honest it was it was top of my list probably uh for the last couple of years anyway just to to try and get get on the squad and, and see how it goes but so I suppose um building building to that was was one of my big goals for the last few years um um but yeah like the whole um the whole thing is 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 mad the whole experience you know from getting from finding out you know when you're on the squad you you find out like everyone else in the world through sky sports like yeah um, so you're sitting at home you know watching the tv as trying to make himself as busy as possible and, yeah. and not look at it but um yeah it's 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 a bizarre uh, experience and then i suppose again going going down to south africa with no no crowds no like traveling support that's that was that was you know really different to what new zealand was like because the buzz of the traveling supporters who came from from europe was was incredible so it was it was different but again probably the group was closer in South Africa. We all had to make an effort to know one another. You weren't you weren't able to escape out of the hotels or get out for for a coffee with anyone yeah. or meet anyone outside. So I think that made us closer as a group, and, and I think the group gelled really well. So there's some great people that that you know I'll stay in touch with from the tour. Yeah, what kind of boys from outside of Ireland you get on with? Funnily enough, we a lot of the Irish English um connection was big, um, even though you wouldn't think it. Yeah. You know, we like some myself and Bundyaki got on really well with, with Elliot Daly, Jamie George, uh, Johnny Hill and Owen Farrell. You know, there was there was a nice group of us there that we'd play play a bit of uh, FIFA in, in Connor Murray's room a good bit. Um I'm sure you saw some of Bundy's stories um yeah. you know, posting about his wins and stuff like that. <laughs> But um, yeah, no. We to be honest, everyone there was great lads. Finn Russell's a really good guy. You know, there was Stuart Hogg, really good guy. Dan Bigger, they're they're all top top blokes. And um, you know, we'll we'll always have that that those memories from from that tour. Um, you know, to, to look back and have a chat about in the future. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, and it adds another bit of an edge then when you come up against each other, doesn't it? It's like it's cool playing against friends and guys you know. Exactly. Yeah, it adds a bit more excitement, and then. When you're playing on the pitch and you have a, a, a you know a sly dig or a cheeky word <laughs> with you know you can laugh it off after and um whereas 
probably before the tour it would have been all serious business and um you wouldn't have you know you would have been pretty straight to each other on the pitch but you could probably we could probably have a laugh now as well in big international games which is which is kind of funny as well like yeah yeah was uh i could be wrong now did i see the last year south and jack having a bit of a go at each other at a couple of a uh, couple of uh, edge of a mall and something else i was laughing yeah myself and jack um <laughs> he sent me a message before for the game being like this is the first time you know we'll actually play against each other properly so uh you know myself and, you know as you know yourself myself and jack have played together uh in buccaneers and you know, on the Marist and and in Connacht, since we were eight years of age, so yeah. it was the first time competitively um, playing against one another. So, uh, yeah, we had a few, we had a we had a few jokes while while say I was tackling him or he was tackling me. We were we were, we were messing. Giving so, it to um, each other. Yeah, yeah, and no, it was it was it was a bit of crack as well. And you know, fair play to Jack. He's he's really played playing great stuff, and he was he was really good last weekend. So. Um, it's great to see it. Yeah, he's flying it. Um, and then with the lines you mentioned there, like being on it in 2017 and then wanting to get on it again, like I, I can imagine, obviously, yeah, 100% you want to get on it. But like, yeah. is that kind of in your mind when you're to drive you on? Is that kind of just a little motivator in the back of the mind that like, I want to be the best in the four countries? Yeah, do you know what? Um, from 17, um, I kind of had a bit of a sour taste in my mouth after it because my tour got ended uh, prematurely uh, through injury and I feel like I didn't have probably I didn't get the chance to to, to really give it a good go and um, give it a shot I probably play I played in all the midweek games but never really got to get into that kind of Saturday game um, mm. where you know I, I don't know was I maybe there was guys who were better than me in the in the team but I felt that you know I could have offered uh, more on that tour, but so I think coming home from that, uh, I know I didn't um, fulfill my potential on the tour. Coming back from that, I kind of had it in my head as like, you know, keep it in 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 the sight in the eye line for for the next one and and show what you can do um, in the build up to it. So kind of yeah, that that was that was in my head and probably that spurred me on a bit as well. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, twenty seventeen one, I just remember seeing a photo there. I was just recently but uh you and sonny bill how, yeah. how was that was that a bit mad like coming up against him mm. marking him yeah that was just like uh kind of boyhood dream stuff i remember I used to I, I used to watch him playing when i was in school like and yeah. off loads and went to watch him play i think he was playing for toulon and play playing against connacht in sports yeah, yeah so i was kind of like this is pretty surreal like playing against him and i was asked in the media beforehand, I was like, "Listen, yeah, like I'm not going to lie, I, I supported this guy when, or looked looked up to this guy when I was a kid, and um, you know, to be playing against him is 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 a privilege." So, um, yeah, it was it was funny. On uh, afterwards, he's uh, he had a nice words to say. I came into the change room, we swapped jerseys and stuff like that. So, uh, got a got a photo together. It was just yeah, it was class. And um, you know, ever since I've ever since I've played, I've only played him I think once since. But uh, you know, we we get on well, and and we'd have a chat, um, after. So no, he's he's a top guy, a really top guy. That's class. Yeah, everyone yeah. was trying the Sunny Bill offload when we were off fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Sunny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bill Moylet, they were calling it. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, do you, do you get that much still? Like you know, when you're young, lads starting out, and you're like, it's even like we were playing like Connick Day in Tom Park or something. It's like, oh, cool, we're mm-hmm. playing Tom Park for the first time. Or, oh, cool, we're playing here. Like, do you still get that? Like, oh, cool, I'm playing against the All Blacks in Eden Park, or is it more like this is my job? I just do what I do. Uh, good question. Um, probably I've kind of just adapted to to it being my job at this stage. Um, you know, yeah, I, I know that feeling and um yeah, no, I think I've that's kinda it's kinda gone. It's it's more of a habit now. Mm. It's kinda ingrained in me that, you know, this is this is what I have to do. And nearly the occasion is kind of put to the back of your mind and like the settings put to the back of your mind and you're just kinda solely focused on on the, the job and the task at hand. So yeah, we I did definitely the first few years I played um in big stadiums like say for Ireland and for Connacht and Leinster um 
yeah, you, you, I always got that kind of feeling, you know, the fresh grass or like the yeah. class surface, like a carpet. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, but now it's kind of like, yeah, just I'm kind of used to it now. Like, Yeah, I think it's a good thing because you can kind of get a bit overawed as well. You know, mm-hmm. if you're like taken in, I know I certainly did when I was younger, but like you're taking in the environment so much and it, yeah. it's kind of too much then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... No, I think it's definitely something um, when we when we were younger and we're playing on pitches in in the west of Ireland that, yeah. <laughs> that are fairly boggy and have a couple of inches of rainwater on them. You know, when you get to a you know a professional surface, that's it's it's like a carpet. You're just blown away by it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And um, what you mentioned the FIFA playing with the boys, like what kind of other stuff do you do to outside rugby just to relax or yeah. unwind um, while on tour? Yeah, well, um, yeah, well, on tour, yeah. yeah, I suppose you're on tour a lot, aren't you? Or in camp yeah, a lot. Yeah, we're on tour. Um, there was a lot of blackjack we played. Um, yeah, there was a good few lads involved in that. Um, there's a good few pub kind of quizzes, kind of that we'd have. Um, yeah, it was good to just kind of get the whole group together. Um, outside of that, coffees like we in like we'd consume liters of coffee. <laughs> yeah, day, like just it's yeah. just an essential component of our our diet um, yeah yeah and then like there was a big emphasis on recovery so like we were delighted that we had like a big spa facility to ourselves in um in cape town in hermanis a resort just outside of cape town so we'd you spend hours in the sauna or like between the sauna pool ice bath um you know we found that to be great um so yeah we spent a lot of time there and then actually our bagman uh, Paddy O'Reilly Ralla, we'd spend hours up there drink, drinking cups of tea, and he'd have like Tim Tams, he'd have like yeah. all sorts of sweets, chocolate, dairy milk, everything there for us. So we'd um, we'd be up there, and that was actually a really good good way of you know getting to know someone. Like a lot of the a lot of the other teams, say like the Scottish guys, the Welsh guys, a lot of them would would just. Uh, wander up to Rala's after training for a cup of tea and just sit down now Rala had the best room in, in the house he'd he'd have um probably like a two-story um kind of house or a two-story penthouse he'd have with like a, a sauna in it and stuff and like a massive the king lounger. So, yeah yeah so he had the best best room and we'd all just go up there and chill it was it was actually class so that's how we kind of got to know everyone as well yeah yeah it's good and uh it's funny you say there like sit back have a cup of tea eat a few tim tams and a bar of chocolate like yeah. i think i chat to young lads and they're it's so serious you know like yeah. it's they think it just needs to be like i need to be so serious like a someone in an yeah. army and just do everything perfectly and then i don't know there's so much to just relaxing and yeah exactly i think once you have the balance that you know you work hard you have you've you've worked hard during the day that you can you can switch off and have i suppose cup of tea in the evening and a biscuit or um you know we're we're advised to eat like dark chocolate um is is another way of substituting say instead of your dairy milk or whatever but definitely there's room that say on a midweek say on a, on a wednesday you know, that you you have to have a little break um, yeah you know just to make yourself feel a bit normal you can't be you can't stay fully, I suppose, restricted for, for the, the full week. And you have to kind of reward yourself as well. I'd be a big believer in that. Yeah. And uh, what what would you, um, would you have a few beers or what would you like reward yourself for what desserts or? Yeah, um, definitely after a game, if, we, if we've if we had a tough game and a win, we'd have a couple of beers just to relax. So we'd have one in the changing room after a game. That's essential. It's just you sit down and we'd have a big emphasis yeah. on, um, you know, just hanging around after for a game you don't leave the change room early uh don't pick up your phone straight away after a game just kind of settle down with the lads and and kind of embrace what what you've done on the pitch because i suppose it's again like reward you you put in a hard week of preparation and then when you pull through and, and put that onto the pitch and you're successful you have to kind of reward yourself for it so that's always a great feeling. Um, I'd always love to have a pizza after a game, just to take away something nice, pizza or a burger. Um, yeah. Probably Bunsen or there's a place called Forge Pizza down the road from my house. That's incredible. Um, they're nice homemade pizzas. But yeah, definitely always, uh, always after a game, you'd have to get a takeaway. 
Yeah, yeah. Sure. Didn't I, I saw Michael Phelps there when he was training? He used to have like, was it two 16 inch pizzas? And like his yeah. his diet was like incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. pizzas, you got to get the calories in. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you've burned a lot in the game. I think you can kind of ease off the throttling, you know, you're, although like you do, the focus on your carb load the, the day before a game is, is huge. Um, so yeah, you have to get that right as well. And you would be weary of, say you've you've taken in a lot of calories before a game and the night before a game um so then say if i played on a saturday i'd probably you know only have a couple of meals on a sunday um if i'd had my kind of treat on after the game so i'd kind of take it easy on the sunday and then kind of go again for the week yeah yeah and you mentioned there the recovery with the sauna ice baths all that Mm -hmm. i'll tell you a funny one very random but like about six months or a year ago, I put up a thing on LinkedIn about going for a swim in the sea yeah. and whatever. And I was like, oh, it's class, blah, blah, blah. And then someone, two or three people commented underneath and one person goes, oh, I see Robbie Henshaw down in the lake whenever he's at home or in the river or something. Like, it's good <laughs> good for the body. So and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that was a random one. But do you like the cold water? Yeah, I love it. Um, especially, after, especially if you're... If you have a few bangs uh, on your legs or if you're nursing an injury, um, I feel it's just his class. Um, you know, some people are on the fence around ice baths and cold water immersion, but I feel the, the benefits of it, I feel it massively. I know there's some people say there's not studies done on it, but I think it's down to what you get from it individually and how you feel before and after. So yeah, I'd be a huge believer in it. Just I wouldn't be swimming now in the lake in the middle of winter, but I'd go down to my hips or my lower back. I'd I'd stand in it and have like a towel, hat on, scarf on, like on my upper body. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I definitely love it, and I feel it. It just after a game, like a lot of the time, you go in, your legs are like your legs are sore, but like you can't see anything. Your legs. And then when you come out and like you're bright red and then you can see kind of the bruises appearing from the bangs. So there's something with the blood flow and circulation happening there, I think. Yeah, I 100%. I I agree. I've heard that as well. I've heard both sides like, oh, some people, you know, I don't know, different studies or whatever. I think it's unreal. And it's good for you. It's good for the head too. 100%. Would Would you be big into it? Yeah, yeah. I try more and more. Like I have a cold shower every morning. Do you? Nice. every morning no no negotiate with myself i used to yeah. i used to dabble and then now it's just get up get into it for a minute and it's yeah. it just sets you go up and uh yeah i try now with the swims in the sea like ugh, you just yeah. gotta once a week maybe i'll do it the cold showers i'm still getting used to um would you go straight in for cold or would you go hot then cold finish straight in so i used <laughs> straight in oh, yeah. oh. so i used yeah straight in so i used to uh savage mode straight away but i used to when i start out you go like you're warm and then yeah. towards you kind of like lukewarm yeah. not like piping hot then cold yeah. but like lukewarm and then you go to kind of cold for 10 seconds 15 seconds and you kind of build it up and then there comes a day where you're just like you just go straight in <laughs> and the funny thing is is that every single people go like oh does it get it's easy it must get easier whatever whatever and it's like mm. it kind of does but mm. it doesn't it's like i know i'm sure you're the same when you go in and up to your back in the cold water it's mm. not easy you're still kind of yeah. like oh geez this is yeah yeah, yeah. oh and yeah. it's the same with the cold showers it's like every morning i wake up it's like oh oh there's that like little bit of apprehension that moment where it's like oh and i fiddle around with stuff and i'm like oh, oh and it's yeah. like brian you gotta get in and then you yeah. get in you have the cold shower and you just feel you've like you've kind of overcome adversity or you just you feel good and it, it shocks you obviously but yeah, it yeah gets you going it's kind of like that little voice in your head you're kind of like oh trying to distract you early and not not allow it happen you know 100 percent, 100 percent it's uh, and it's overcoming that and it's uh, i think a lot of stuff is uh, overcoming that and like you know we always want the easy route like i'm sure you find that a lot like with training doing extras in the gym mm-hmm. it's like it'd be so easy to just yeah sit in the couch yeah yeah 100 100 yeah and uh with the sauna there do you like that as well yeah massive into saunas um yeah i i again i just feel the benefits of of it 
I find like it helps my sleep if I do it in the evenings before bed. You know, just my general feel how my body is. I feel like after a game, if I'm sore, it just helps helps that as well. And also looked up a bit of kind of I've not I've kind of seen studies on it and stuff, and definitely is um there is health benefits from it. So yeah, anything that you know you kind of talk about these one percent gains, anything that that helps your performance and your recovery. You know, I'd be massively into it. So yeah, just trying to get it, get it. I try to get a couple of saunas in a week as well, um, where I can. I used to actually do them on a Monday morning, like a, a half six uh, sauna Monday morning in the middle of winter, which is really nice way to start. Yeah. But I must get back into it now. That's that's going to be on the list now for January. Yeah, yeah, saunas are unreal. I love them. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. I just feel feel good after them. Are you the same? Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, well. Yeah they've only been open for the last month here so with covid for literally 18 months i used to have one as you say like same to you like five days a week six like as much as i could even after work i'd pop in for 20 minutes on the way home but uh yeah oh you just feel incredible yeah yeah so good yeah yeah and um we just i was thinking there like over your career you kind of started out like as a 15 and played a lot of Gaelic football obviously growing mm. up and that kind of like in open space and then moved to 12 for a good while and yeah. we're kind of get over the game line like you're just so good at getting over the game line and that like job and now in the last year or two you look to be playing a lot more at 13 and kind of playing a little bit like you did when you were younger would that be fair or no? Yeah I think yes yeah, again I started at 15 where there was an injury crisis in, in Connacht, um, whereas I kind of started my first game for Connacht in a preseason at uh, 13. And then I think I think it was Gavin Duffy got injured in that game and then they needed a 15. So I was put back there. Um, but yeah, again, I think the, the correlation of the, the skills between Gaelic football and, and fullback, it suited me. Um, I was very fit at the time. I was very light, um, but good in the air had good kicking kicking skills at the time so it kind of it all fell into favor and um yeah I kind of just kicked on at 15 but then as I kind of got as I developed more as an athlete throughout throughout the years I probably got bigger put on more weight more size um and then kind of just there was a bit of a I suppose Brian O'Driscoll and Gordon Darcy had, had kind of retired or were retiring and um there was kind of a gap there to to play at twelve or thirteen, and Jared Payne was coming into the Irish scene as well. So I think Joe Joe Smith knew I played thirteen and fifteen, and then kind of said he he gave me a ring one one day and was like, "Want to play at twelve uh, for Connacht this week?" And this was before I think it was South Africa we played in the November series back in God it was twenty. 2014 2015 hmm. and I played a game against Exeter at 12 um for Connacht first game at 12 ever and got on well and then straight away he he threw me in at 12 against South Africa with Jared Payne outside me um for my first home start I think against against them in the Aviva so no that, that was kind of how it developed um and then yeah I suppose always being able being able to play both they're quite similar positions 13's harder to defend that but yeah, the last few seasons, I think I've kind of got that little bit more space. Look to probably how we play in both in Leinster and Ireland at the moment. Probably you've seen a little bit of a shift in how you know Ireland are playing um, under under Andy Farrell. And, yeah, you're yeah. balling. Yeah, <laughs> we're moving the ball around like. But uh, again, that's probably down to how we're playing and how you know you get some space when when you move teams around and probably it feels a little bit like when i used to play at 15 where i had all that space um that's kind of that's kind of how it's happened and and how i've kind of gone through throughout the last few years which is i'm enjoying it as well so it's been great yeah yeah and was there like as you're going along i know when we're younger is always about weight like put on weight and get big mm. and this and that and like did you feel that, like, obviously moving into 12, like, at the mm. international level, it's, fuck, it's, you know, it's it's yeah. it's tough in there, and you do need to have a bit of size on you. Like, yeah. was that a, a kind of part of developing that you kind of had to 
get big and are you still thinking about that or no um yeah i suppose when i had to get to say i was aiming to get to the 100 kilo mark and then i when i was at 15 i was about 90 96 97 so i was at the there was a big swing of four or five kilos i had to put on um so i got there and, and i was comfortable enough at 100 then i went up to 103 i think and it wasn't playing my best it was hit winning collisions and stuff like that but that probably affected my running kind of fitness and capacity so i think there is a, a there is a balance if 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 you put on look to put on too much weight it definitely affects you around the pitch and definitely affects you towards the end of the game kind of when when you need your energy you know so um yeah I, i've kind of learned to i kind of learned like what 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 way it suits me best and that's kind of around 99 100 100 kilo mark um wouldn't really look to be going anything above but i used to used to struggle to put on weight and now it's kind of different i i struggle to kind of i'd struggle to kind of stay stay lower if you know what i mean i don't yeah. i don't struggle to put it on like so yeah it's it's funny how how it changes throughout your career yeah as you get older you need to watch the portion size there that's it yeah that's the funny thing when i when i retire i was like I don't want to be swelled like I don't want to put on a few, <laughs> few stone and be yeah, yeah, I don't want to get a big belly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you mentioned talking there like about when you're starting out at Connacht and whatever as a young lad. Like when we were playing twenties, it was the year before you're in sixth year, and then at the end of sixth year, you're like playing with the Marist in school, mm. and then yeah. straight into Connacht. Like how yeah. was how was that like going from playing Connacht schools rugby? to senior professional men's it was crazy to be honest like looking back at it i was kind of like um my dad was was having phone calls with the head coach eric elwood and he was like he's too he's saying he's like he's too young he's just out of school he's just out of school he's not big enough he's going to be injured you know mm. um and eric was promising him he's like he's not going to get injured he's fine <laughs> he's yeah. kept saying to me and to dad he's like if he's good enough he's old enough blah blah, blah. so that was kind of there were the discussions that were happening in the background. And I suppose my mum was probably in, in my dad's ear, who was in Eric's ear. And yeah. um, I was just meant to go in, I was just going into the academy. Um, and then again, that, that kind of injury crisis happened in the preseason, uh, which trained away, kind of keeping the head down. And then I think, again, even Nigel Carlin, the academy manager, was pretty hesitant to, um, to allow it happen. But um, I think they were just like, we need players. So... Thankfully, I got the I got the the nod and the call up, and it was kind of I just kind of rocked in and just kind of not not wasn't confident and really I wasn't massively confident, but I was just kind of like just just play rugby, um, do do what you normally do, kind of what I've been doing, and you know the rest look after itself. Obviously, the hits are bigger, the game is faster, um, but you just you learn along the way, kind of, and that's kind of how I went about. It. I was like I was just constantly soaking up more information and um kind of how how the game was was being played at this level and just try to adapt really quickly yeah and then did you like become more confident as you were as you're playing games like or training like how did you because you you never went back then you know like you got it's not as if then like a lot of young lads they get a couple of games and they go play with the a's and they go play yeah, yeah. yeah like you just kept going yeah um but you know what? And it was huge. Um, a few of the senior players were were massive, uh, kind of putting their arm around me. Uh, one of them, one of the main ones being Dan Parks, who was like the super signing of the of the year. Um, yeah. Um, he was actually incredible. He all he gave me massive kind of confidence, uh, in myself, and always kind of just was easy to chat to. He was one of the oldest in the squad, most experienced, and. Uh, he'd have the most crack with you in early. His just his personality was was incredible. He's cracking jokes and he was brilliant for, for me. And um he'd always just pull me aside like, Are you okay? Um, what you doing this, have a look at doing it this way. Just giving me little tips that that helped me. Um but yeah then then once I got out to play actual competitive rugby, um I think my performances were were decent. They weren't they weren't excellent, but I was kind of just focusing on doing the basics well that was a huge thing um just executing the basics well making your tackles making good defensive reads um 
carrying hard and looking to find space, moving the ball to space and just little things that I've been doing and uh, just try to bring that through. And then, um, you know, I think the coaches saw that, that I was just doing the basics well and that I could kind of compete at the level and then kept kind of adding layer and layer to, to the performances. Um, and that kind of helped me as well. And you, uh, one thing was a lot of, a lot of uh, teams mightn't have known who I was and, that's you see a lot of players in their breakthrough year make like yeah. you know big moments um have big moments and have great seasons because like not a lot of teams know who they are and there's not much study done on them so that was also a big factor and I was getting that little bit of I suppose that space that people might have known who I was and stuff yeah Dan Parks was such a legend back then at Connacht when he joined yeah, he was he was incredible. Like I remember I think it was his first game we played together. He was he was his first start, I think he was injured at the start of the season. But we played Leinster at home, uh, in the sports grounds. And um remember he was playing, he had an unbelievable game and there was I think there was one there was one moment in the game where he was kinda of standing out on the left on the fifteen and he was he was on the far side. Um the stand side, the lower stand side. Yeah. And there was a big enough wind blowing and he like turned, the ball broke to him and he turned and he just saw me and he like hit a cross kick to me. like, And I was like, he's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable confidence and balls to do that. Like with the wind that blows in, in the sports ground, I was like doing that there was was suicide effectively. You know, yeah. we all wouldn't know what had happened, but ball landed straight in my hand and we made like a good few meters off the back foot. So... Yeah, I remember enjoying that first game that we played together. Um, yeah, and he was he was brilliant. Yeah, class. And uh, I think I remember a couple of years ago. Could be wrong, but chatting to Davy that he'd get a call then some nights and uh, after big wins or whatever from Dan Parks, yourself, and a few of the other boys out in the beer. <laughs> yeah, Davy, my cousin was uh, he's massive. He was a massive supporter and. You know, all my scrum knowledge has to go to Davy. Um, you know, he None. played. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, he was he was brilliant. Um, great supporter, and his, his dad as well played himself, and his dad played played for Connacht. Davy played underage Connacht, and um, it was great. But yeah. his dad, Davy Senior, played a lot uh, for the senior team. But yeah, um, yeah no, we'd we'd have a good few nights out and. Um, in Halo and Electric after after the Friday Saturday nights he'd come down from Dublin to make yeah. the uh, to make the celebrations has to be done and mm. um, you say there like uh, Dan Parks just the confidence to do stuff to try mm. things like did you always have that or does that come with experience uh, I think it comes with experience um, a little bit but again you need to have the confidence to back yourself and your ability so. They're kind of hand in hand. It, it probably grows with your with your experience. Um, but just remember that him doing that, and I was like, this is incredible. I remember him just like he was. He'd be standing in the middle of the pitch, ball would come back to him, and he'd like drill a really low low uh, punt and just knock it in and bounce it five meters out from the line. Like he he do things that you know. Yeah. No, you wouldn't be able to do if you if you practice it a hundred times. Um, yeah. Just on the run, the way he's able to like ping the corners was 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 special. Um, but yeah, I think that comes from being in tough scenarios and and you know repetitive kind of training um, at a at a kind of high level under pressure. Yeah. Have you had any other mentors or like people who've helped you along the way? Um, probably a few of my dad's mates. Um. My guy called Michael Cosgrave helped me along the way a lot when I was breaking through. He was actually a backs coach for Connacht back in the day. He played with Wanderers and coached Lansdowne as well, I think. I'm not going to say I think he coached Wanderers as well, but he, he helped me a lot and he, he had really good rugby knowledge. So um, he was effectively a mentor for me. Yeah, Dan Parks probably he, it was a huge one. Um trying to think um I suppose Joe Smith was incredible for me as a coach um just the way he ingrained kind of habits and um drilled like discipline into us you know discipline to in training and discipline it reflected around onto the pitch so you know uh, he was he was brilliant he was a brilliant coach um so yeah there's there's a few it's hard to it's always hard to 
to be a big a be when you're playing at a high level to I suppose look after the 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 new guys or the young guys coming up because you've so much stuff to work on yourself and to look after. Yeah. So I kind of get that in in one sense when you know other players are busy and stuff like that and they, they don't have time. So I can see that from like even playing now you have so much on during the week that you just kind of you have you know you you have to look after yourself first. Yeah, yeah, good to say. And I learned a. I heard a while back was you got to put your own oxygen mask on first. I think I remember reading in a, a paper before that when you went into the Ireland squad that O'Driscoll was really good in helping you settle in. Yeah, in fairness to O'Driscoll, he um he sat in with me um uh with like just to go through some video stuff. So he'd kind of ask me, "What do you think here? What do you think you should do here?" Like present me with kind of scenarios, situations, um. And look through video clips with me and see like just open the floor to me and then he'd give his point if he agreed or if he disagreed or if he you know yeah, it was yeah. brilliant in that sense um again that was when we were both being coached by joe smith so maybe joe joe had a word as well with him to um to kind of to help me out as well because i remember going into that camp and just it was it was a different level you know um to what i was used to so yeah, no, he he definitely helped me and gave me some really good good tips, um, you know, on on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. and what was it like with Joe Schmidt? Like everyone, every player talks like who was in that squad for those few years talks so highly of him and how he changed Irish rugby. And like, was there anything in particular that he put in that you kind of that helped you? Um. I think his 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 level his attention to detail was always spoken about, and you know when he comes up with a a three phase play that works like exactly how he explains it, I think that's when you just say, unbelievable! Like you can't kind of you can't question anything about it. Like he yeah. he can spot some he can spot gaps or like opportunities in a defense like just like so so easily like i don't know how, he must he must have watched like millions of hours of tape because yeah. some of his plays that obviously worked that worked and we were successful with like how like you you look at, t- at tape that long and to find out find those little weaknesses within a defensive system you know it's it's unbelievable um stuff so i think that that was huge just the attention to detail like you know if you're cleaning out a rook clean out with your shoulder facing this way to stop the fall of the defender and if you didn't do that then you wouldn't score you wouldn't make the break just one little detail like that so that was huge um and then the habits thing discipline as well so the discipline and training he'd always no matter who you were in squad if you were say a foot offside or if you were late to cleaning out a rook he'd ping you he'd blow the whistle he'd stop everything and that would just you know, ingrained that discipline that you have to be on it every time you cross the line to train and then do that during the week. You'll more than likely nine times out of 10 do it on the pitch on the weekend. So that was kind of his philosophy in terms of how he got got the best out of us. Yeah, that's class. And uh, I I certainly remember like a lot of those plays. Like I remember he was a Bundy going through one against England, but all those was just yeah. like a hip slightly turned one way and boom, mm-hmm. straight through. And did all you boys then start driving that bus with the the discipline, the kind of accountability? Because I'm sure maybe at the start, if someone's been so hard on you, a coach, there could be a bit of a, oh, geez, would you, would you give over? But I suppose when you're getting the results then and everyone sees how much it's working, do you boys then start kind of telling each other, you know, get on side, you know, don't cut corners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you see the results, they come off the back of it. You kind of that's when you respect it um and then you know it, it becomes a habit because it's working for you um so yeah, then you then you effectively start coaching each other mm. which is probably a coach's dream as well as he's not the only voice that there's leaders within the team that are that are coaching coaching the team so i think that's that's where um your group is between the coach and staff and the, and the players that's when they're in harmony yeah. Um and then you 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 bring it as you said it's like a habit you bring it with you 
and you'll bring it onto the pitch on the weekend and you'll, you'll, you'll use it on the pitch. But it's probably, it's not giving, giving each other a bollocking or telling each other off. It's just kind of, I suppose, constructive kind of criticism or feedback that you're just kind of for the betterment of the team, that you're not saying it, you know, to, to give out shit to someone. You're saying it for the betterment of the team and everyone, everyone can accept it then and, and move on quickly. Yeah, you're you're helping people along the way. So it's like you all, everyone in the squad has the same goal, and you all want to be whatever hit that goal. And it's it's helping people. Like I was chatting to a uh, Matiliuta USA Sevens guy, and he said that they worked a lot on that in not taking it personally. Mm. So if someone says something to you, to be like not take it personally, and it's it's kind of easier said than done because you know you turn around to me inside feeling go come on get work a bit harder to get on side. It's very easy for me to turn around to you and go oh would you piss off like look you work think about yourself you know what I mean it's yeah, it's yeah. very easy yeah. like in the heat of it but like they said they did a lot of work on not don't take it personally it's we're all helping each other like you say absolutely and I think probably the the manner in which you you kind of give the feedback is is key as well so if 100%. you're not if you keep yourself in the kind of blue kind of calm head and not fucking you know riled up screaming and mm. if you can keep yourself calm given it that goes a long way and it, it definitely definitely more effective than someone who's kind of in the red mad crazy um you know and loses their head kind of shouting that's when it doesn't work and yeah. that's when heads kind of can drop so if you can give it kind of, you know, calm, that's 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 when it's good. Yeah, yeah. You seem to be able to stay in that kind of blue head a lot. Yeah, I try to. Um there's there's moments that I drift into red, um, you know, when it, it can it can spill over a bit emotion and um, you know, in the moment kind of stuff. But a lot of the time I'd be I'd be more on the blue side. Um yeah, I'd I'd want to be really kind of you know, pissed off to, to get, get into red, but, um, probably when I play, I'm, I'm just unbelievably competitive. Um, even though I mightn't seem it off the pitch, just when I play, play sport or play rugby, I'm, I'm just massively competitive and, you know, want to win just massively. Yeah. So that's it really. Yeah. That, that's probably me. I, I try and try and keep calm yeah. and just let that kind of drift throughout the team. Yeah. What's been your, uh, proudest moment in rugby um probably probably my first cap for ireland was was special um i always say my first cap for ireland because that's kind of what what you want to do and and you know when you're a kid you want to like all i did was go out out in the garden kick ball after watching watching let's say ireland playing lansdowne road like just that's all i i thought about when you know when they were playing so to play and get your first cap uh, for your country is probably probably my proudest moment. Um, again, just last year the the Lions tour, getting that kind of test cap. What what I failed to achieve in seventeen, uh, being able to achieve that in twenty one. That was that's definitely up there as well. So um, I suppose coming back from where I I didn't I didn't get to in seventeen and getting to it in, in the ne- during the next tours, yeah. that was definitely a proud moment for me. Yeah. And uh, I know you said there earlier, like that you're watching the TV like everyone else. And I know that you can't get too far ahead of yourself, but like to everyone else in the world, Robbie, like that first six months and this whole last year, you've been like, you're the first name on that squad and you're just one of the best players in the world. Like, do you do you take stock of that, like of where you're at or is are you always are you still Um, realistically thinking that you're you might get into that squad? Yeah, there's always that kind of, um, I suppose, that voice that, you know, have I done enough to be selected? Um, you know, if if you don't get a chance to to start off, so I was injured at the start of November. Um, you know, will I be picked if if I come back in into the mix? You know, guys are doing well and it's it's hugely competitive. So you always have that bit of a question over 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 what the coaches are thinking. Mm. That's where I suppose. Yeah. You have to kind of put that aside, train well, um, and try and play well. And then I'm a huge believer in sticking to your process, sticking to what you're good at. And, um, you know, what's worked for you in the past, don't go away from it, don't change. So, yeah, definitely I'm a big believer of that, just to 
to help get myself ready for for a big game yeah so to kind of like focus on what your strengths are and what you are good at and just you do that and not be worrying about the 10 things that you can be better at exactly yeah you always always focus more on your strengths um if there's little things that you need to get better at obviously don't don't forget for sure. about them. don't throw them aside work, work on them when you can but again focus what why you're there in the first place what what's got you here and um keep building on that keep doing that um yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm a huge believer of that um so yeah no that's that's that that'll be me kind of in the lead up to to a game it would be that and doing those little kind of extras those little one percent things at the end of training you know those for me it'll be like doing four four tackle hits each each shoulder with the bags um doing 10 passes on the run um wide and short passes um just small little ones to i suppose keep that level of skill um taking over yeah 100 percent. that's class yeah and that's every level yeah um i know like i it's like we all love playing rugby growing up and it's you get to do for a job and it's like a privilege and all that and but even like i find myself like there's times when you're like oh geez i'm a bit sick of this now like are there times when or were there times in the past when you weren't really enjoying playing rugby? There definitely was, yeah. Yeah, being honest, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. There was definitely times where you get that bit of mental burnout, mental fatigue, and physical, obviously. But um, yeah, definitely had, had times where you're kind of not enjoying coming into training. Um, you know, you, you think it's kind of, you just feel kind of, a bit fatigued um it's a drag from it all and i think that can be it can be a bad place to be in um certainly when things aren't going well that's probably when when you, those kind of feelings start to start to hit so when when performances aren't you know where they want to be or and the expectation the out, external noises are are coming in so that's probably that's tough that's a tough position to be in and that's where you can get that that bit of kind of mental fatigue um but yeah i think again it's it's about experiencing it um realizing what's happening and then trying to deal with it and move on move past it yeah and what can you do like to to get back to enjoying it again like i i know you say they're like external like i was chatting to Portia woodman last week who's like Mm -hmm. won a gold medal with the nz sevens and 15s and is like player of the decade or stuff um mm. but she was saying that like you know she goes on social media and the new zealand herald talking about how all the pressure that is on her to score tries to win olympics to do all this and she said you can't but look at it but um mm. do you find that as well like that at times it can be difficult with that coming from yeah. the outside yeah not wanting to um i've yeah i know it's just a bit extreme but i've deleted my twitter like i'd say six or seven years now still yeah. have a, still have a profile but just got rid of the app signed out yeah. haven't looked at it um just wasn't you i don't use it i don't don't tweet i don't i was just looking at that stuff i didn't need to good and bad stuff yeah. um and then it wasn't good for you like you don't need to um so yeah and then yeah i think it's it's hard to not to not read stuff when it's been written and you can see it so that's why i got rid of that yeah. Um a bit extreme, but it's worked for me. Um I don't think it is. I'd always I'd always tell my parents not to bring a, a newspaper into the house. And um I suppose I got that from John Muldoon back in Connacht when I was younger. Oh yeah. Uh sorry, he's he's definitely another mentor that that helped me along the way and a great guide guider for me. Um but yeah, he um yeah, I remember him telling me that in the huntsman one time we were having breakfast. He's like yeah, I just I just don't read papers. I don't tell I tell my parents not to read them either. So I kind of told them yeah. that as well. And don't know if they still stick to it now. I think they do. They do now. They've since yeah, I've yeah. moved moved on to Dublin. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They get, they bring the paper back into the house because you're gone. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm gone. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I think again with the rugby stuff, when when you feel that pressure of pressure to perform and. You know the kind of weight of the world's on you i think having that so we have generally our recovery days on a wednesday just completely switching off absolutely no rugby on a wednesday it's your recovery day your rest day you go and meet someone 
meet a friend, you know, catch up with people and just don't talk about rugby. And I feel that definitely has um, a huge effect. And then kind of closer to the game, being just having that switch off, just, you know, don't associate with rugby for, for periods of, of a few of some of the days leading up to the games, you know, just a couple hours where you're just, you're not kind of talk, talking about it. That definitely helps. Yeah, hundred percent. Two things there. Like first, with the deleting social media, like that's I don't. It's not extreme at all. Like I deleted Snapchat a couple of years ago, and then mm-hmm. deleted all the delete the apps off my phones. So like no Twitter on my phone, no whatever mm-hmm. to like stop me. So like every now and again, I will. And I'm not mm-hmm. you. There's no one writing about me. But even but even yeah. still, it's just not good to be just scrolling all the time. And yeah. uh, I think that's something that anyone can do is get rid of them off your phone because you don't want to be sitting on these apps just fucking scrolling for hours and whatever, whatever. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Sorry, there's something else there you mentioned. Uh, oh, it's gone from me. It's gone switch from off. Me. Oh, switching off. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's something that's so... You, it's funny you mention it. It's so yeah. important, I think, because yeah. once again, like not to be saying, but I was trying to Jimmy Goffert uh, last week and he was saying, uh, you played with him, obviously, in Leinster, but uh, mm. he was like, he just seems so chill. He's like, I go out surfing, golfing, whatever, whatever. And I was like, how do you keep going to like 38 or whatever and still at the top yeah. level? And he, that was literally what he said. He's like, man, I just, I love the game. He goes, I love it. I'm so competitive. And, mm. but it's switching off and how important that is. And when you're a young player, you can't, you never switch off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, there's no switch off when you're young. Yeah, no. I can't emphasize. It took me a while to do it. And I was actually, it was with Enda McNulty who um, who taught me that. Um, yeah. It's like always on your recovery day, just don't think about rugby. Just try your best. I know you will, but but don't don't think about it and learn to, to do that throughout your career. And it's definitely helped. Yeah, yeah. He's class, Enda McNulty. <laughs> hmm. So good. I've used him since I got my first cap back in uh in Houston in Texas um back in 2012 yeah yeah so he was there and still use him every every for gearing up for big games um yeah I, I always give him a call and we'd, we'd have a catch-up yeah so you just check you would just check in with him just every couple of weeks or whatever and just have a chat and like it's not a case where oh things are going really bad I'm gonna call Enda it's mm-hmm. hey I'll just pick up the phone just it's a regular thing regular thing um yeah he's 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 more of a friend nearly at this stage um yeah and yeah anytime he's there by the phone we can just ha- get a quick have a quick facetime i'd send him a message um early part of the week being like game coming up um like to catch up and it's not not a not like a crisis um yeah yeah, yeah it's just preparation it's just he, he, yeah just a chat and he's just good good guy to bounce things off he'd ask me about how my prep has gone anything to record anything to to focus on yeah he's just really good for that yeah um you've been unreal your time i don't want to keep it too long but just one or two more things so i was thinking um with yourself with professional rugby players like the amount of injuries you get and surgeries like how how many times have you been under the knife um one, two, three, i've been five five times under the knife now yeah um yeah touch wood no no more but uh yeah but yeah, just, yeah it's it's uh it's just part and part, part and parcel game you know yeah it's um yeah yeah it's it's tough it's a tough sport especially the injuries you know you can't avoid um they're the worst ones but yeah it's it's i suppose you have to learn to deal with it and that's kind of dealing with adversity and coming back from a setback um and I remember it was Sean O'Brien who told me, I remember I was injured at the same time as him in Leinster a couple of times and we rehabbed together. And he just always said injury was was a challenge for him. He's like, I'm going to use this kind of time, build myself back up and come back a better player and just use that. So that kind of stuck with me when when he said that to me the first time. I was, I was quite young. Um, I think it was about 24. He said it and I was kind of like, that's, that's a really good way of putting it. He's like, mm. I'm going to come back better person better player and just always focus on on a challenge to improve so that's kind of how we deal with it when when it happens but again the initial reaction to you know having to go and get surgery is is always it's never nice you know yeah for sure and um is there ever any fear that when you're playing like to 
be doing what um, you do, like going in banging. I think when you're going into a game and you're unsure of something, if something's not right or if you're a bit tight somewhere, that's not a nice feeling to have. Um, you know, if if I've I've had a lot of um hamstring issues throughout the years. Um, and when you go into a game with, with say, a, a tight hamstring, that voice in your head, is it okay? Is it going to go? That's that's not a nice place to be. Mm. I'm sure everyone's been there at a high level. Everyone's had those little worries. But, again, you kind of know your body. You get to know your body, and that's kind of what gives you the confidence, whether you know it's okay or whether to pull the plug and say, no, I'm not right. And that's a tough place to be in that yeah, you say. Yeah okay, lads, it's not feeling right. It doesn't feel good. Um, but again, I've learned the hard way doing that. I uh, had a hamstring, small hamstring. wouldn't even say it was, it was tightness uh, during the week of a game. And I did the warm-up of the game and I ended up like nearly nearly pull, nearly tearing it off the bone in the warm-up um, before Jeez. the game. And that was just, a, that was just a, a, a sign not to mess around with hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a good lesson for me. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Lastly, um, do you ever get nervous, or do you get nervous? Yeah, I do. I do. Unfortunately, uh, but I think it's good. It is. It's good to have the nerves. If if there's yeah. no nerves there, it's um, you know, you, there's something there's something wrong with you. Um, yeah. Good nervous energy, not not getting over overly nervous. Um, but yeah, I think again, to eliminate those nerves, um, it's all down to your preparation during the week. Have you done everything to the best you can? that kind of takes care of itself then you'll perform well and then into the game when you eliminate the crowd the the stadium all the outside noise and then you get a, one positive kind of say a carry or a positive moment in the game early days then the nerves are gone and it's it's mm. just straight into it yeah yeah 100 everyone yeah everyone gets nervous it's funny when you're younger you think oh i need to get rid of this this is bad and yeah. it's like now nah, i just gotta live with it yeah. just gotta embrace it and <laughs> Yeah, enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh lastly before I let you go, what's uh the Lions was the last one? What's kind of driving you now? Um yeah, probably just keep going, keep You're getting going, better, yeah. try and try and keep improving. Yeah. Uh, that's that'll be my kind of my view on things. Probably there's more there's definitely more in my game that I can can keep working on without like taking away from my strengths. But yeah. Definitely areas I can improve, um, and keep yeah, keep enjoying myself when playing. Just be healthy and fit, and keep enjoying my rugby. Good stuff. Well, hey lad, thanks. Uh, thanks, Emil. Been unreal catching up, and uh, yeah, congrats on everything over the last year and last ten years. No worries. Pleasure. It's gr- great to be on with you, lad. Hope you enjoyed that chat. When I was listening back, editing it, I kept thinking that there's so much that young players could take from what Robbie was saying. He was brilliant. If you enjoyed the pod, please send it on to some friends now or put it into your WhatsApp group. Would really appreciate that. A couple of times Robbie touched on the importance of remembering what you're good at and bringing those things when you're playing. One of the most common mistakes players make is putting too much focus and attention to the areas that they need to improve. And coaches are often at fault here too. I reflect on it myself about telling players about their work-ons more than their strengths. The thing is, if you're constantly looking at what you need to work on, it'll have a negative impact on you mentally and on your self-esteem because all you'll see is deficiencies and you'll start to think, geez, I'm no good. And then you get in a rut and then that can compound. It's so important to keep your strengths at the forefront of your mind. Remind yourself of what helped you get this far and put the majority of your time into working on these strengths and making sure that they stay as your strengths. Of course, as Robbie mentioned, you don't neglect your work-ons. You always want to get better in every area and put work into those weaknesses as well. But just a quick example would be how Robbie said that after every session, he does 10 passes off each hand and 4 tackles on each shoulder. Robbie is world class at these. If you ask me, they are both massive strengths of his game, but he still works on them a lot. Whereas a weakness of his game, not easy to pick out any, but it could be kicking off his bad foot. 
but he's not focusing on this intensely and saying that after every session he works on those weak parts of his game. I'm sure he does touch on it, I'm sure he works on it for sure, but his focus every session is on keeping those strong points his strengths and they're his bread and butter. I just wanted to mention this and highlight it because you should really never lose sight of what you're good at and what makes you the player that you are. Robbie also mentioned how he has worked with a mental skills coach from the age of 19 when he got his first cap for Ireland, Enda McNulty, who I also spoke with a couple of episodes ago. He was brilliant. I think you'd really enjoy that episode if you enjoyed hearing from Robbie. And Robbie mentioned the importance of having a coach all throughout his career. If you'd like to become more confident, have more self-belief, be better able to deal with tough times and work on the mental side of your game, I've started a membership group called The First 15 where we do all of that. In the membership group we have a weekly mental skills coaching session and Q&A and I also let you know who is coming up on the pod and get your questions for them. Unfortunately the mental side of the game really holds people back and not getting this right can cost you hugely. There's a link in the show notes where you can join The First 15 and that link is also in my Instagram bio. And my Instagram is at offfieldrugby. If you have any questions as well, you can send me a DM there. I've got some great guests coming up, which I'm really grateful for. Next week is a guy who has coached both Leinster and Irish rugby teams. If you enjoy the pod and would be disappointed if it stopped happening, there is a supporters group that you can join through the same links. That costs less than the price of a pint each month. So... If you'd buy me a pint when you met me, you can sign up there. And I really, really appreciate that support. Cheers. Any feedback, thoughts, questions, you can send me a DM on Instagram at offfieldrugby. My Twitter and TikTok is the same handle. And my LinkedIn is Brian Moylet, my name. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it around with others who you would think would also like to hear from Robbie. And please leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts, letting me know what you liked about the episode, so what parts of the chat you enjoyed. It takes 30 seconds and you can do it in the Apple Podcasts app. Also, if you haven't subscribed or followed the pod, please do so, so you don't miss any episodes. Thanks, Will, for clicking in today. I greatly appreciate you taking the time. Cheers.